Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. My name is Rick J., and I am a recovered compulsive eater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, May 30th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story on page 7, the first paragraph, beginning with my brother-in-law and reading through seriously ill bodily and mentally. Today's readers are... Rachel P. in the 12 Steps, Barb W. the 12 Traditions, and our big book readers are Katie G. in the text, and Loretta H. on page 164. Our newcomer greeter is Rebecca A., and our second hour moderator is Betsy H. The share ID for Sunday, May 29th, 2022 is 19,005. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 steps. I'm so sorry, uh, Rachel P. I will now ask Hi. Rachel P. 12 steps. Thanks, Rick. Hi, this is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Pennsylvania. 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, prayed only for his for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, Rachel. I will now ask Barb W. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Barb W., recovered in Illinois. Tradition 1, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 
too. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige differ from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Barb. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story on page seven. The first paragraph, beginning with my brother-in-law and reading through seriously ill, both bodily and mentally. I will now ask Katie G. to begin reading. Hey, Rick. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston. My brother-in-law is a physician, and through his kindness and that of my mother, I was placed in a nationally known hospital for the mental and and physical rehabilitation of alcoholics. Under the so-called belladonna treatment, my brain cleared. Hydrotherapy and mild exercise helped me much. First of all, I met a kind doctor who explained that, though certainly selfish and foolish, I had been seriously ill bodily and mentally. KDG, recovered compulsive eater, grateful for God. Um, You know, I didn't know that um, the belladonna treatment actually produced it was a cocktail right and it produced vivid hallucinations and delirium so i find it interesting you know i definitely went to many hospitals to clear um, my brain and i have always thought that like diet and exercise would be my solution right like 
oh, get my brain cleared, get a new food plan, get on an exercise program, and then, like, I'm totally awesome, right? Like, ready to go. But the issue is, and, in, and my issue is in, in abstinence now, is that abstinence is not my solution. It's my problem, right? Like, or excuse me, it's not my problem. It's, hey, what, wait, no, I said it first, right? It's not my solution. It becomes my problem. Why? Because what is missing? He's not addressing the spiritual malady, right? Like we learn later, lack of power is my dilemma. Like, spoiler alert, Bill's going to drink again, right? And that's because it, it makes me think about page 25, right? The central fact of my life today. Now, folks, 25, page 25, we're talking about the central fact of my life today is the fact that a creator has entered into my mind and my heart in a way that is indeed miraculous, right? The book also says that a whole set of ideas, emotions, and attitudes that were once the guiding force of my life must be set aside. So that means I must clear my brain, hopefully not, not with, you know, delirium medication, but, you know, takes what it takes, clear my brain, and then get through the steps which are the treasure map for God. And I just want to say, like, in, in recovered abstinence, it can still be compelling to think, you know what, I have this exercise thing down, my brain is clear, like I'm good to go, like I'm fine, I only have a little resentment or whatever it is. And I have to tell you my experience and my observation is that emotional sobriety is the final frontier for, for me, for Bill, and I have to continue to find God, right? Again, for me, what is so missing and so clear from this paragraph that happens to Bill is a spiritual experience as the result of these steps. And then I get to continue my spiritual awakening, bringing others to the power, right, through entire abstinence and their 12 steps. And, and I have to remember, too, like, this book, these directions that Bill's going to introduce us to, they're only the treasure map that lead us to the treasure. We have to find God. So I'm just going to keep coming. Thank you, God, for my seat here in Vision for You and Overeaters Anonymous. Love you all. Have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for getting us started, Katie. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Teresa P. Teresa P. Nessa R. Nessa R. Plenty of room, guys. Polly L. Polly L, gotcha. So here's who I have. Oh, Pete B, gotcha. All right. Who else? Laura K. Okay, Laura. 
I have so far Teresa P, Nessa R, Polly L, Pete B, Laura K. Seems like there was somebody else that had tried to jump on there, but I didn't quite hear your name. Was there somebody else trying to get on there or anybody else that wants to join the lineup? Yeah, it's Chris B, not PB. Chris B, sorry. Claire E from the UK. And Claire E. All right, guys. I think that's good for now. All right, Teresa P, you're up next, followed by Nessa R. Go ahead, Teresa. Teresa P, go ahead and unmute. And just a reminder to, to um, give me the state or country you guys are in. Go ahead, Teresa. Hi, this is Teresa P. That uh, unmute thing can be tricky. But anyway, I got muted, yay. And I'm a grateful uh, recovered compulsive overeater in California. And uh, another great uh, paragraph in the big book. Uh, I actually did get put in the hospital for testing, and they found the usual nothing. And it's just like, I'm experiencing all this pain. I'm having all these problems. What's wrong with me? And, uh, you know, because I was, got sick enough to where I was making the rounds of the doctors and, uh, you know, and still trying to lose the weight, but just incredibly sick and pain, just a pain, constant pain, 24-7, year after year. And they could, you know, just really not find anything wrong. And they would, you know, the doctors really did try to help me and they would help me by no, one doctor suggested the, the rice and corn diet, and I couldn't eat corn, so it was the rice diet. That was a disaster. Ended up in the emergency room with that one. And, uh, of course, there was always the just eat less, which never worked. Uh, and, you know, it's just so crazy. Of course, you know, I did lie to the doctors, too. I, I couldn't tell them the whole truth. Well, I didn't know the whole truth. I, I didn't know myself that, you know, I just couldn't stop eating. And, you know, it was, it was killing me. just crazy. But um, what was really great is that, you know, all this, you know, along the way is what I learned is that once I got into, you know, I was blessed with getting into Overeaters Anonymous is I did get to hear finally that I was seriously sick, that I had a disease, and I was so grateful. You know, they they talk about what, you know, Bill learned it from the doctor, but I learned it in Overeaters Anonymous, and I was, the, the the shame just fell from me and that the weight off my shoulders was like, oh, you know, this this is the answer, you know? No wonder I couldn't do anything. I was powerless over all this stuff. And, you know, there's no way I could overcome this. And, and you know, this was, and it was great because I had that, of course, gift of desperation and I was um, willing to work the program. Well, I was willing to work the program the best I could. And, and you're just working the steps. And mostly what it was for me was to keep coming back. And, you know, I did make those daily calls to the sponsor. And, and I was willing, definitely willing to give up um, the, the, one, the ones that I knew was the worst, uh, was, was the sugar. I had a, my first sponsor said she didn't do um, sugar or chocolate. And you know, part of me was going, Oh my gosh! How can I live without that? Well, I don't even want so much to live without it, but how can I not eat it? And then call her in the morning, and both were scary. But I was willing to do that, and I put down the sugar and the chocolate, and uh, you know, and it was uh, the beginning of my 
my journey into awareness of um, what to do. And I just more more got revealed, and I just kept doing more. There was just such a number of foods that I simply could not eat, but it was a miracle because I had all this pain and all this weight, and you know, and the pain went away. We know, and I don't eat the allergic foods; the pain goes away. Great, yay! And the weight came off. Now almost 100 pounds um, in the little over a year. A reminder. Thank you. And I didn't haven't had to put that back. And I'm so grateful because God does show reveal to me what I can and cannot eat, what I need to do, stay in connection and listen. Thank you for letting me share my path. Thank you, Teresa P. Nessa R., you're up next, followed by Polly L. Go ahead, Nessa. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, this paragraph always reminds me of the first time I ever walked into the rooms of OA on Thursday, January 3rd, predictably, January 3rd, um, um, 2003. And I heard, that, and I came in totally discouraged and despairing of ever being able to find a solution uh, weighing almost 200 pounds and I'm quite a short petite person so that's uh, that's quite a lot um, and the first thing I heard at the meeting was <clears throat> did I have a disease that was it and I started to cry and I cried the whole meeting and I cried all the way home and when I came home you know my husband was there and I told him about it um, there was really nothing wrong with me. It's just I have a disease, and that's why I can't stop eating. And I cried some more, and he thought that I probably had lost all my marbles. I had left them all at the meeting. Um, but then what? Nothing. Um, I struggled in the rooms for another nine years because beyond knowing that I had a disease, I didn't know anything else. Um, it wasn't maybe... For about eight years, eight years later, um, I had a new sponsor who was well grounded in the big book who taught me that my disease consists of an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind. But I had no, I didn't have those facts the first eight years. So not knowing that I have an allergy of the body, um, I didn't understand the need or even the concept uh, of ab- uh, uh, um, um, entire abstinence. And not knowing about the obsession of the mind, I didn't understand the need to, um, to work the steps that's outlined in the big book. You know, I was told you have a disease and God is the solution. I tried praying to God and I tried, you know, journaling and I tried, you know, uh, all these uh, spiritual readers and, and nothing worked. And, you know, I've been praying to God for you know, all my life, you know, to let me eat everything I want and still be thin and that didn't work. Um, you know, the two, the two have to go together and, um, eventually, obviously I, the, the pieces of the puzzle were completed and, you know, it's been over 10 years, almost 10 and a half years since, uh, I became recovered, um, because, um, I now knew what was the matter with me exactly and what is it that I needed to do entire abstinence plus working the steps to the, uh, to the best of my ability, according to the instructions in the big book brought me to a position of neutrality with the food uh, that wouldn't have been possible for a compostable uh, eater like me otherwise. And uh, I will stop there. Thank you for allowing me to share. 
Thank you so much, Nessar. Polly L., you're up next, followed by Chris B. Go ahead, Polly. Good morning. Um, all right. Uh, two years ago, um, today, my brother was uh, murdered, and I come from a family of addicts. Um, we, my family lost um, our, another grandson in the family, like on Thanksgiving, also to addiction. And um, my brother's murder was unrelated to addiction, but it played into it. Um, It took two years for the trial to come through. Um, But two days before his trial, um, I had this really out-of-body spiritual experience that I don't really talk about because I'm still figuring out, you know, what God and surrender look like to me. And uh, it was right before his murder trial, and I called into a vision for you. And I met all of you wonderful human beings that are helping me rise um, and are helping me stand on my own two feet and start walking life. And um, I know those things are related. There's not a doubt in my damn mind that those experiences are related. And it was just three months ago that I like had made that call. And I got a sponsor like a day later and went 45 days, you know, like perfectly, you know, like doing great. And uh, I am learning what it means to have a spiritual solution instead of food as the solution. And I am learning um, the year right before I lost my brother, I assisted a state in stripping my mom of all of her rights to parent, adopt, and continue to work in a medical field because of so many years of like secret abuses and neglects and things that were continuing to take place. And um, it's been a very long and dramatic journey for a really long time. And I was so scared of people and I was so isolated for a very long time that even talking to people the way I am now was something that I never thought available to me. But when I lost my brother, um, the grief just shook my whole soul open in a way where I had already like inventoried so much of my past in preparation for that trial with my mom. And then I experienced this traumatic grief with my brother and I was just looking at all of the addictions and I was just, I was stuck and the compulsive eating and the compulsive exercise and in my own disease, the disease that isn't just mine, but that belongs to generations. And it runs through my family line, the blood. And um, and when I look at this paragraph, the whole, the hospitalization, the mental institutions, I've been around them my entire life. And even though I've not been hospitalized, so many, every one of my siblings, I'm the only sibling who hasn't. And I know I'm one step away from it at various times, all the time. And to finally be in a place where I'm allowed to say those things and I'm not at threat of being injured, harmed, or hurt physically and or emotionally or what have you, but also to be like an adult and willing to know that that was in the past and I now get to, should I choose to walk towards I now get to speak to these things, and I now get to thank you. Um, I'll finish up with this. Um, I now get to kind of make amends and honor my brother's memory and our family's like lineage in that way. It is, it's a great honor, and I'm very glad to be here. So, um, Polly L from Ohio, I would very much appreciate any outreach. Thank you, all of you. 
Thank you so much, Polly L. My prayer's with you. All right, Chris B., you're up next, followed by Laura K. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, hi, this is Chris B. I'm from upstate New York in the Hudson Valley region. Um, you know, you was talking about the hospital, uh, you know, being locked down in a gurney and whatnot. It got me thinking, you know, what... Of course I do this now. Um, what a... Um, my life is that way, even without being in a prison, you know, or a hospital. Um, I just don't feel free because I am in the food, you know. I've, I've had a couple of days of abstinence now, and for the first time, it's Memorial Day. I went for a mile walk this morning with the dogs. You know, I got three dogs. One, I took one because I can't handle all three. And the other two were jealous as all could be, you know. And it, it it hit me. Dogs know what's good for them. Get walking. You know, I know what's good for me. I just don't do it. So even though I'm not locked up in a mental institution, I feel like my whole life I am locked up in my own self, you know, with my disease. And the disease is in control. It's the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous that has given me freedom and hope of freedom to get out of this lifestyle. And for that, I'm just grateful for today. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Chris B. And um, Laura Kay, you're up next, followed by Clary. Go ahead, Laura. Hi, good morning. Thank you. Um, this is Laura Kay, from, also from the Hudson Valley of New York, and um, compulsive overeater and gratefully recovered for today. These have been some powerful shares this morning. I um, haven't shared in a while and um, decided I better get on the line here and start start sharing more often because um, it's, it's part of service. It's part of service in this program, and this program has helped me so much. I feel that um, there's so many miracles that you hear, well, certainly this book, and, and, and I have always believed it's divinely inspired, um, but so many miracles that we see happen in the book, and then when you just talk to people in this program it's like it's amazing the things that happen and the way that they come about and and um that whenever I make a phone call I always seem to well most often I will say I almost always get what I need and then some and then if people call me I mean sponsoring I used to be so afraid of um is something that I find helps me more than I think it helps the other person because I get so much from the people that I sponsor. It's it's always just amazing. And um, this, this um, well, I, I guess that's what I wanted to share is just how this program works. And no matter how you come into the program, I came in through another program and um, another 12-step program, which is, part of the miracle of this whole thing because, you know, here Bill started in Towns Hospital and went on to start AA. He had no idea what was going to come about afterwards and all the different 12-step programs that were come, come about as a result of, of his being there. And um, it's always amazed me and uh, gratified me and astounded me to think that I have been able to um, to share in that 
and and um, that it's helped me so much through through so many different programs. Um, I too have a family of that's has this illness throughout it in many different forms. Um, I came in through Al-Anon and then through AA and then to OA and ACA and and so I feel like um, I I thought I. I was so unhappy when I found out I needed to know it too. And I thought, oh my gosh, and I'm not another one. And uh, but it's this has been the best. This has been this is the this is my main problem and um has always been since the time I was a child that I've always turned to food. And um it's such a miracle. It's not an easy program. It's not easy to work it, but if you work it, it works. And to remind her. With that, I'd like to pass. So thank you. Thank you so much, Laura Kay. Clary, you're up next, and then we'll take some more names. Go ahead, Claire. Thanks, everybody. Uh, my name's Claire. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. And, um, yeah, I, I've got a few notes written down in my paragraph here, and um, one of them is that this is a series of events. It's the start of a series of events that inform Bill about his illness. And um, when I first was introduced to OA, um, I, I knew I was I was bulimic. That was my behaviour of choice around food. I, I knew that that existed. I'd read magazine articles. I didn't, you know, I knew that what I did around food was not normal. But I'd never really, I, I completely believed it was a problem of mental control. Um, I completely believed that I should just be getting on top of this. And I'd never met anybody else that suffered from the same thing as myself. And, um, you know, I came into OA through a treatment centre originally. There's been a series of relapses since then, but that was my initial. And I remember somebody explaining to me then that it was an illness. And um, they didn't explain to me. I didn't have the information that Bill got at this point. I had a physical allergy and a mental obsession. But I was told it was an illness. And that felt felt like a real cop out to me. I felt like it was a real sort of um, easy solution. I, you know, dis-ease. I mean, you know, it was it was it was it was difficult for me to get my head around. And it was only really when it was explained to me as it's been explained to me um, more recently um, that you know, I have I have an illness that has different components to it. It has a physical allergy to certain foods, substances, and behaviours, and I have a mental obsession, which means that every single time I will think myself back into taking that first compulsive bite, and the mental twist will get me taking the first bite, and the physical allergy will get me taking the twentieth bite. And I, I didn't I didn't know that. And that made sense to me. That absolutely made sense to me on the basis of my experience and um, and looking at the evidence, you know, looking at the evidence of the facts of, of how I ate. Um, and, you know, that's been really, inf- really useful information, just like it was for Bill. And, you know, unfortunately, information doesn't solve my problem. You know, knowing what I suffer from doesn't solve the problem. You know, that's where the 12 steps comes in. And ultimately, you know, conscious contact with my higher power is, is what solves the problem. But I do need that information in order to be driven into that solution. You know, because if I have a mental twist that is always going to get me to a physical allergy, then I'm, I'm going to die of this illness. You know, that is an absolute vicious circle I can't get out of. You know, if, I, if I've got something that means I cannot stop from starting and something that means that I can't stop once I started, then there's no way out of that other than, other than the higher power. 
Um, and so, you know, that's 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 the information that that Bill got. Um, he went to this is this is it always makes my spite. This is the series of events. This is when he met Dr. Silkworth, you know, our wonderful medical benefactor. Um, this is the first time he was in Towns Hospital, which I believe was in 1933. He had three admissions there. Um, like Bill, I had a revolving door relationship with treatment centres, and um, it took what it took for me to hear the problem and to be willing to go. But it was all a process, and every single fact that I learned about myself, you know, how I was, you know, exactly what I suffered from, has been absolutely fundamental to me understanding why I need to work the program like my hair's on fire and you know I I am seriously ill bodily and mentally I still have a physical allergy that hasn't gone away um you know I still have a mental illness that hasn't gone away but thank god I don't suffer anymore I have physical abstinence I'm in a normal body size and most of the time my mental and spiritual condition is is pretty all right really because I have a good life and I'm happy and peaceful most of the time and I have neutrality around food and that's entirely a result of working the 12-step program and I will leave it there thank you all right thank you so much Clary all right let's get a few more names uh who else would like to share today Noelle I heard Noelle and there's somebody else right there who is that didn't didn't get either one of those. Hope B. Kathy J. Heidi H. Hope B. Blanca B. G. Okay, who was the last one? Devorah S. Right. So I've got uh, Noelle E, I think Kathy J, Heidi H, Hope B, Blanca B, G, and uh, Devorah S. I'm pretty sure I missed somebody. Um, Was there somebody in that initial lineup that was trying to say their name? I just couldn't quite make it out. If you didn't hear me call your name, could you tell me your name again? Okay, so we'll go ahead and go with this lineup, and uh, maybe if someone was trying to get on, maybe you can get on after after this group if we have time. So sorry about that, guys. So uh, Noelle, you're up next, followed by Kathy J. Go ahead, Noelle. Good morning. This is Noelle E. Uh, grateful to cover as professional reader in Louisiana. Thank you to everybody for your service on the line. Thank you to all the shares before it's been so powerful. Um, I I have a mental illness. I mean, it's taken me so long to say that. Um, and even even just um, you know bodily and mentally, both of those things are very good at hiding in plain sight. You know. Um, I am a, have always been kind of a normal body weight and now I'm a, if it's weird to say this, but I'm a desirable body weight. Um, I have friends ask me, what are you doing now? You know, all that kind of stuff. And it's so bizarre to be like, oh, I have a raging eating disorder. <laughs> you don't want my advice. You know, like, um, I, I, I mean, both of those things just are hiding from, um, 
I guess they were hiding from me for so long, which is um, the thing about them that, you know, they can still, my disease can still trick me and being like, look, you look fine, you feel fine. Um, you know, you don't need things. This physical, this, this um, food abstinence is going great. And, man, every day God shows me that without the spiritual solution, um, I would be such a danger to myself. Um, right now I'm looking at an egret across the pond, which is how God shows up to me. And I just know that I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, which is in, um, in a place where I am constantly reminded that, um, you know, I do not have the power to recover on my own, you know? Um, I can only do the footwork of this program that God has led me to. And also God led me to this. I wasn't, you know, didn't find it on Instagram. My older sisters weren't doing it. Like I, I didn't, um, I didn't get influenced by it, which is how I was guiding my life for the first 36 years. You're like, what's everybody else doing? I'll just do that. Um, and then the secret thing by myself where I abuse myself. Um, yeah, God led me here uh, because now, you know, I know I can trust what God's showing me, that God's opinion of me is the only one that matters. And, um, you know, this daily reprieve is, is the miracle of my life. So I thank everybody for their shares again. And with that, I'll pass. All right. So much, Noel. E. Kathy J., you're up next, followed by Heidi H. Go ahead, Kathy. Kathy J. in Illinois, thanks, everybody, and thanks for taking the meeting. Um, the first thing that it says in here is kindness, and it says um, in the hospital, um, the, the reason why the hospital um, is important here because when I went in for rehab, I didn't know what an eating disorder was, but I had to be separated from the food, and I had to be separated from my old thinking. So those are the two components that get me in trouble. And we, there was exercise, which helped physically because my body was so sickened. And uh, all I had was a, I was a walking desire and something, you know, I didn't understand it's as selfish. Well, I didn't know it, understand what selflessness was because the, the brain, my brain and my body were sickened with um, food, which my body can't process. I can't process things the way um, normal people do. Um, so that's why I needed to be separated, especially from my thinking. And it says the brain cleared. My brain did clear, and it opened up to be able to um, to hear what the solution is. And, um, you know, mild exercise, we walked together as a group, um, and we went to OA meetings. And I met a kind doctorate said, you know, kindness is mentioned twice in here. And, um, you know, the merciless thing um, I would do was the mental beating up myself. But, you know, my, the hypersensitivity I had to life's problems and to other people and my feelings were because of my reaction to the food. 
that that heightened. It was like um, a heightening of sensitivity that I couldn't tolerate. Anyway, getting getting through the book with another person, um, a sponsor, and getting through the OA materials and changing my thinking, um, setting it aside, brought me to a place where not only am I selfish, um, but I can laugh about it and go, okay, we're all selfish. What do you do? And selfishness, selflessness was what the book was all, all about. The, that's what the book is all about and what it leads to. But I needed treatment first. I needed to get separated from the food, separated from my thinking, so that my mind could clear enough to let in the concepts of a moral psychology, a moral inventory, but a power greater that would change physiologically um, how I how I operate if I just stay abstinent, um, you know, separate from that, no matter what, no matter what happens. And I got a great life. I have a wonderful granddaughter, and I got a good life. So the program works. Um, the my mind is cleared, and I really appreciate everybody for being here. But that'll pass. Thank you so much, Kathy J. Heidi H. You're up next, followed by Hope B. Go ahead, Heidi. Good morning, family. I am Heidi H. from Chicagoland. Happy to be here. Thank you for everybody, Rick, for doing. Uh, every comment and anybody behind the scenes doing service to make this possible for me and others. Um, I love this, and it took me back to the fact that my gentle and kind creator gave me recovery and uh, gave me my disease and my recovery and my bottom exactly the way that he fashioned it so I can go out and carry his message and eventually spiritually be the woman that he wanted me to be. And I'm blessed for that. And if I want to go out and have another bottom, he has showed me every way to do that. And being in recovery for a long time, I now have, hanging out with you guys, I have new and improved ways if I ever want to go out there again. So I don't. I never got to treatment. It wasn't what he needed for me. I hit a bottom in other programs decades ago, and I just walked into the rooms. I got on in the old days, which was 411 for information. I was down. I was beaten. And I struggled in, and I walked into a meeting of people who didn't look like me, who didn't do exactly everything like me. I was judgmental. They did not like themselves as much as I did not like myself. And this is the great separator. Um, when you start hearing that people are exactly like you and telling the stories about the food and that they too have a disease of more. I have a disease of more and I can't stop. And once that mental obsession happens, I'm off to the races. And not until I met you find folks of OA, big book. The big book for me is the difference. Being in a beverage and drug and codependent programs over the years, it wasn't until I hit the big book for me that is divinely inspired, giving me and you guys holding my hand, asking for help, going, yeah, I think I know all this. I don't. I belong to ACOC, adult children of crazy. And I come from um, the males and the females in my family still have and have died from the disease of compulsive overeaters. And I'm a compulsive overeater. And the miracle is my God kindly and gently brought me here. And 
um, I can go back to treatment if I go out there again. And do I have another recovery in me? Do I have another run in me? Absolutely. And if I do, don't pick up the phone from Heidi H. I want to take one of you with me. And I'll start with manipulation and lies because I, you know, I love recovering with you so much, I take you with me. But do I have another recovery like this in me? No. But that's, that's up to my God. So this is a gift. And on a holiday where I would have been off to the races, rationalizing and justifying how I fill a God-sized hole, I need to be here with you guys. And what I've learned this week is I still have to take, I still have to take suggestions, and that's what's going to save me today. And one of them, sorry for you guys, is that I need to open up my mouth. So God bless you, love you, and uh, thank you for everything, and I'll keep coming back. Thank you, Heidi H. Hope B, you're up next, followed by Blanca BG. Go ahead, Hope. Hi, I'm Hope B from California. And the the sentence that resonated with me was the the last sentence was talked about the um the kind doctor who explained to him that um though he was foolish and selfish, selfish and foolish, that he had a a illness bodily and mentally. Um and that really resonated with me. I am and was very foolish and selfish. I did some foolish and selfish things to my body um, by eating things that I shouldn't, um, by um, not eating things that I could. Um, I did some very foolish and selfish things to my body. Um, and my body eventually told me, no more. Um, and it ended up in, I ended up in the hospital with a blood sugar of 470 because of eating things that I was not supposed to eat. Um, I'm diabetic. And so, um, I came home from the hospital with insulin and, um, also a couple of blood, blood sugar medications. And, I realized at that point that I had a mental and bodily illness. Um, The doctor didn't have to tell me. I knew it myself. I don't think my doctor has ever told me that I had a mental and bodily illness. Um, But I know that now um, from just the things that I do to my body. So the program has really helped me to turn that around I don't abuse my body like I used to. I eat healthy. I put healthy things into my body. I don't restrict anymore. Um, So it's really good for me to be in the program because it really helps me to, um, my higher power helps me, guide me to doing the better things for myself. Thank you for letting me um, share. All right, thank you so much, Hope B. Blanca BG, you're up next, followed by Devorah S. Go ahead, Blanca. Blanca, hit star one to unmute. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Oh, just sorry. Hi, good morning. This is Blanca BG from Central Florida. Um, when I first <clears throat> read this paragraph, um, years back, I, I 
couldn't relate to at all because my first, I was new in program and then my first thought was, no, I never got any kind of, you know, therapy or, or professional help. And then, and then I started, as I continued with program and the, uh, the onion started peeling away, which is a great phrase I learned. Oh my goodness. I, uh, so many memories came flooding back because I was one of those people that absolutely had, had covered up so so many things because of trauma. And then um, when I felt safe enough, and I remembered that when I was five, I stopped eating. I stopped eating, and I had suppressed this memory. And then uh, that I don't know how long it went on, but it went on for a while. Uh, a friend of mine uh, sold me out <laughs> to my mom. A little friend of mine said, Oh, uh, Mrs. G, uh, uh, Blanca doesn't eat. She hides her food at lunch. And so looking back on that, that was when my disorder began. And I remember my mother took me to the doctor, and uh, it had been long enough, this not eating, that I was ill. I was already very sick, physically sick, because it manifests emotional problems and manifests physically. And I was already extremely anemic. And I was. Uh, she took me probably right in time, you know, right on time. And my doctor asked my mother to leave the room because he wanted to talk to me. <clears throat> Smart guy probably, right? And uh, he started asking me questions. I don't remember all of them, but some of them were, do you move a lot? Do you, do you get to eat on a regular basis? Well, whatever answers I gave, my mother came back in the room and, and the doctor said, your daughter is, is suffering from emotional and and um, mental uh, problems. Um, she's having a lot of uh, difficulty. I, I recommend you take her to a, a child psychologist. Well, of course, that never happened. My mother was like, we don't have money for that. So time went on, and I did start eating again through the grace of God. I think children have angels, you know. But yes. Um, that once again, there is my story. It happened to me much younger than it did to Bill, but it happened. And as I continue in program and continue pounding away at these at these memories, because it's very important to know where I was so I can get better through the grace of this program, I uh, will continue. I am able to continue to do this. Unlock, unlock, unlock the trauma, unlock the memories and uh, in a safe place, and that's what OA is. And on that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Blanca BG. Devorah S., you're up next. Then we might have room for someone else. Go ahead, Devorah. Hi. Hi. Good morning, everyone, and thank you. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all people who put service into this meeting. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a public compulsive overeater from New Jersey, and you know, that's all I wanted was someone put me away my whole life. As a child, I would look through the um, the ads of newspapers, and they used to advertise camps for children, overweight children, and they guaranteed a weight loss of a few pounds over the summer. And that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted someone to just take me under their wing and, um, and make me thin. Um, so this idea of going into a hospital was like, oh, wow, well, that's a, you know, I was never admitted into a hospital if it didn't happen, but it was like, that's what I'd wish for, to put me in the hospital, and then I know I'd get better. 
um, fast forward many, many years, um, I was having a baby and I was at the highest point of weight and disease. I, I weighed over 200 pounds. Um, I was pregnant and I'm having a baby and I'm diabetic and high blood, high blood pressure. And the doctor did put me in the hospital and she was a very kind doctor. And she said to me, you know, you are causing so much um, trouble for this unborn baby that you're going to deliver a dead baby if you continue working, if you continue doing what you're doing with the food. And the only way that she thought that she can help me, and it did at that time, was to put me in the hospital. And she monitored me, everything that went into my mouth, and they checked my blood sugars, and they monitored me the whole, for the last many weeks of my pregnancy, I was in jail in that hospital. Um, and, uh, and thank God I delivered a healthy baby boy who's 23 years old now. And um, that, that was the impetus to get me in program because I said, you know, I really want to be a healthy mother and, and wife of my, I'm killing myself. And God gave me an opportunity that a gift, a beautiful gift, and I want to be able to to be that mother for this child and for my other children because the disease really got me. And really grateful. I'm not in that jail today. Um, I have freedom around the food. I just came back. I sat in the car for seven hours with my family, traveling to visit our children in Ohio, there and back. And you know what? I wasn't, there was no need for me to eat. I didn't use, in the old days of eating, I would stop at a grocery store and just see what's going to get me through this day. What's going to get me through this trip? And there was no need for that. We've done this many, many times over these years of abstinence and, and recovery. And what a, what a relief that is. What a freedom that is. Um, that I listen to podcasts. Um, I had you with me. And it's such a freeing experience to come home and just to keep going. You know, to wake Jennifer up in the morning and ask God, thank you, and to ask God, what opportunities are there for me, and let me not to be blind to them. And thank you so much, and I will pass. Wishing you all a great day. Thank you so much, Devorah S. Um, looks like we're about at that point where we would only have time for a share less than a minute. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you so much for everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, May 30th, 2022, is 19,006. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Loretta H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Rick. This is Loretta H. from Raleigh, North Carolina, and I want to thank everybody on the line, along with my precious God, who's saving my life on this day of freedom. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't, haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass 
for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your failures. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless and keep you until then. Thank you for letting me 